Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Justin Seedman, who is the vice president at Mortal Capital, where he directs all aspects of the company, which is a global private equity company with a diverse portfolio, including e-commerce, software development, manufacturing, and fulfillment businesses. Justin is also the owner of Justin Fit, which is a concierge health and fitness practice. That's basically one of the most trusted brands in South Florida, and that's how I know him from the personal training side of things, where he actually helped me early in my career, and I was so excited to talk to him and talk about all the things he's doing, all the things he's working on now. As always, the show notes are at justgrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show. Leave rating review over an Apple podcast. I'd very much so appreciate that. And you can sign up for the weekly grind. My weekly newsletter comes out every Friday with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Without further ado, here is Justin Seedman from Moral Capital and Justin Fit. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, Justin. So great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and we had chatted, you know, years ago about like personal training as I was kind of just getting getting started and you had your business already back then. And so what I want to start with though is just how did Justin Fit get started in the beginning? You know, I grew up uh, in a very healthy household. My parents were even ahead of their time. They were both vegetarians and I was a multi-sport athlete and, you know, living a healthy lifestyle was just something that was ingrained in me from a very young age. Excellent role models. And then when I actually, when I went away to college, things had changed. I lost my structure (laughs) and I lost my discipline. And you've heard of the freshman 15. I gained like the freshman 50. Oh, wow. And I was just uh, at a point where I was depressed, I had anxiety, and I knew I needed to change. So I went through a transformation. It was hard. It took some time, but I found my way. And I had an epiphany that was like, man, this is what I can do. I can help other people overcome the same obstacle. So I majored in physical education. When I graduated, I started as a health and a PE teacher. You know, I was really uh, motivated to make an impact and uh, especially with the childhood obesity epidemic. Uh, during that time, I s- started doing personal training with some of my students and their parents. And it was interesting. I didn't really know it was necessarily even personal training then because it was early on. And um, it was kind of like, you know, like if you had a math teacher that would tutor one of their students that were having a little bit of difficulty. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, just a few years in, I had lost that job. There was like sweeping budget cuts and a lot of the elective classes were cut. And I was like a low man on the totem pole. But I was already doing some personal training. And I had my company, Justin Fit, and I went from basically part-time doing about 10 hours of training a week to full-time within like six weeks period of time. Jeez. Yeah. How, how did you go? How did, how did the acceleration happen then? How did you go so quickly into full-time? Well, I had no choice. You know, I lost that job. I lost that income. And in a sense, it was a, a bit of a relief for me because I was already turning down potential personal training clients when I was at the day job. So I had the ability to ramp up and I was just so motivated and so driven by my purpose that I was signing up clients left and right. Like just for one example, like <laughs> I was at like a Whole Foods one day and I saw somebody who looked like they were like 
kind of looking for something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I had just approached them and I just kind of picked up on some nonverbal cues. Like they seemed like approachable. I made eye contact and they smiled back and I just walked up and I was like, uh, Hey, I don't work here, but I'm a certified personal trainer. Or is there, can I help you with something? And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, actually I'm looking for a trainer. So That's I, I you know, and then I also, uh, was very early, I guess with building, I learned to build a website in 2007 where I built the first version of Justin fit and I was able to, uh, get it ranked on Google and especially like the map and started to get a lot of leads and, um, you know, was able to very, I was very fortunate, uh, getting great results for my clients. And within like the first few months, I even had hired my first contractor to help me. And he's actually still with me today. His name's Tom Bowler, fantastic person. Uh, and like my best friend and we're still working together. That's incredible. So you already had clients lined up when you were part-time, we were just part-time. You already pretty much had clients lined up, like who wanted to work with you. Is that because of the website back then even? It was that, but it was also my involvement in the community. I was also a basketball strength and conditioning coach. I was a wrestling coach, uh, you know, and I grew up in that area. So I knew a lot of people already. So when I put it out there that, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for clients. Anybody needs help. You know, a lot of people were relieved in a way because they were like, well, I already know Justin and, and I already like him. And, and, you know, if he can help me with this, then that's like very ideal. So it, it really worked out. And then the, I also had this point of differentiation that I was going to clients' homes because like, remember when I was a PE teacher, I didn't have a, a fitness studio. Right. I would go to the, someone's house, right? Just like a, the math tutor would go to their house and sit with them at their kitchen table. So there wasn't a lot of people doing that. And uh, a lot, there was, believe it or not, a big market for that sort of thing. People like the comfort. So with that. And, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I totally get the, the in-home training. I've obviously that's what I did in Milwaukee mm -hmm. and that's how I grew early on as well. And what gave you the idea then just to do in-home personal training? Does it make, make sense to you right away? You're like, Oh, of course I'm going to go to their homes and train them versus, Oh, I should get a studio or we should go somewhere else. Like how did you decide on the in-home aspect? Sure. Well, there's a few different things. One is, you know, when you're in somebody's home and you visit their home, like a few times a week, you may see them or you might go to their house more than even like their, some of their family members and you build a deep rapport with them. And that type of rapport is necessary to really get to know somebody and, and to be able to touch their heart and make a difference. And you're, you see the way that they live. Also, since you're in their home, you have the ability to see the way that they eat, which we know is so important and critical when it comes to making these types of changes. And then from the business perspective, it's the, the profit margin is great because you're not paying for a facility. You're not uh, paying for all the things associated with that, the electricity. And then you're also uh, not really bound by that small radius of that gym. You know, like for example, gyms really, there's a lot of gyms. So you're probably drawing, what, what would you say, Justin, like a three to five, five mile radius? In terms of around a gym? Yeah. Yeah, potentially, yeah. And with in-home training, you could really, you're not really bound to that. So you could see clients all over a county. So uh, I really like the model. It really was something that really spoke to me and from the business side, but also from the client and coach relationship, which I think is one of the reasons why we've been so successful.
Yeah. And obviously being early is super helpful as well. Having that first mover advantage is great. And to be able to rank early too, and obviously gets more and more competitive as time goes on. But if you take advantage of that, like you did, it's it's incredibly useful. And obviously you can grow your business faster. You said you had a, a contractor within a, a matter of a few months, which is which is amazing, by the way. Thank <laughs> it's, you. it's incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. And one thing though, I have to, I don't want to just gloss over. So going back though, to the college days, like what was the catalyst actually for helping you make a change? Uh, you know, I, I knew, you know, a lot of things, you know, this, let me put it this way. Um, I think a lot of trainers out there, they've always been fit their entire life and they always, uh, that's all that they know. So it's hard to kind of have the empathy for the client because it's hard to know what it was like to be in their shoes. But I was able to experience that for the first time coming from somebody who was so healthy and had such a like a wellness background that was instilled in me from my parents. So one of the reasons why I think that all took place, other than the, the additional burdens that you take on when you go away to school, like having to, you know, do your, your, do your own laundry and then the increased study load was that I didn't really know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was going to do. And but I did know this one thing. I did know that when I was healthy, I was a lot happier and, and I, things were a lot better for me. So I knew that I needed to get back to that point. And that was one thing that was very clear. And I, and I still believe that to this day, Justin, is like people, when they find themselves sort of lost and they don't really have clarity, the one thing that you can focus on is improving your physical health and your mental health. And then I believe that everything in life just kind of uh, you see with new eyes and uh, you're able to to really uh, get clarity on what that next step is for you. And it certainly doesn't yeah. hurt to get healthier. You know, it's certainly I don't, <laughs> I, and, and I don't know if there's anything better that you can be doing with your time. Yeah, taking care of your health, obviously, it's it's incredibly important. And that's something I've still carried on. And it's interesting looking actually looking back because having played college athletics, a lot of people who go from college athletics to then go into the real world, having a job, they actually become unfit because they don't have that same environment they've been in with people around them. Everyone else is working out and you see people gain weight. You see people get, out, get unhealthy. I think the reason I've been able to kind of like keep that going, uh, just having a support system around you and other people that are striving to be better. And so then you always want to be better and realizing that like, the fitness and health side of it then allows you to do the entrepreneurial ventures and work harder and like do like, the fun things as well if you have that as your kind of foundation and base. So like the health import health is so important and that's something I've like still tried to continue on uh, as we have moved on since you know five six whatever years of of graduating. But you do see entrepreneurs kind of lose that health and fitness side of things. So. With that, with your with your training, when you when you did that, did you run into a lot of different like entrepreneurs, business people that had kind of let their habits go, and how did you kind of get them back to getting fit and healthy? I think that uh, most trainers know that one of your one of your big client bases are middle aged professionals. You know, uh, for one thing, personal training is not inexpensive, uh, so it, it tends to draw a certain level of professional. And do you know the saying? Uh, that uh, you'd spend the first half of your career gaining money, but then ruining your health. And then you spend the second half using that your money that you've made to regain your health. <laughs> like it's something like that. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, basically people, they'll, they get to a point where they realize that they're, they've worked themselves to the point that they've ruined their physical health and they need to make a change. And a lot of times I think they'll try that on their own and, uh, maybe then realize that it's time to get some professional help. And there's a lot of strategies that we use as uh, personal trainers. I'm also certified through ACE as a personal trainer, health coach, weight management specialist, and behavior change specialist. And I think the behavior change component was the biggest uh, epiphany or biggest thing for me because what I realized was that it wasn't really a lack of education that people had. I, you know, I've worked with over, I've done over 15,000 hours of training and coaching. It's not that people don't know necessarily like how to get more active or how to eat better. It's the behavior change. That's the hard part. So really being able to partner with somebody who can show you effective strategies to do that, I think that's a, a big differentiator. Yeah. And what are, I mean, while we're on that topic, then what are maybe one or two strategies that are helpful in, in changing behaviors and getting them healthier? Well, one of the, one of the ways that we know works the best is by starting small and getting some wins under your belt and then ramping up, you know, it's kind of the infinity pool model where you'll just kind of walk into the pool and gradually get deeper instead of jumping right off the diving board into the deep end. <laughs> so most people, I think they try to change everything all at once. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in small, gradual changes over time, getting 1% better every day. And then every 100 days, you'll be 100% better. Uh, you know, one analogy that I really like when it comes to necessarily like, say, like weight loss, especially someone that needs to lose a, a, like a, a large amount of weight is the paper towel analogy. Have you heard of that? No. Okay. So, so imagine like you have a paper towel roll. Right? And every day you only pull like one ply off, which like, how long would it take you to really notice a change? So, you know, it w go ahead. Yeah. It'd take a while. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and then, and so you have to realize it's like that, you know, in the sense that, um, it's a, it's a long-term process over time. And if you had somebody who maybe came over and saw that paper towel roll in your kitchen on day one, when, it, and then came back like three weeks later, if it lasted that long, they would, they may be able to notice a big difference, but you yourself don't necessarily <laughs> notice. So one thing is just, uh, having realistic goals. It's okay that they're challenging, but realistic, having that support system is also key that we know, uh, that type of client coach relationship. And, uh, and, and I, I'm a big believer in uh, a lot of the practices that each teaches with their behavior change certification. And, um, and, and they work, they've been proven to work. Yeah. And knowing that, knowing these different things on behavior chains, like how have you applied that then in terms of your business? Cause obviously this is to make people in, in the business when you're running, just just in fit with working with clients, like you're working with them to try to get them healthier, help, try and get them fit. But then in your business itself, are there any particular habits or things that you had to adopt to then become a, a better coach, a better business person, anything in particular with that side as well? I think that there is a lot of crossover. And I've had this discussion with a lot of people that, uh, that, that are in leadership roles. You know, essentially, uh, a lot of our clients, for example, are, are like senior executives as well. Uh, CEOs, CPAs, trial attorneys, um, you know, all sort of, uh, you know, like, very successful people and they have that certain skill set 
they had to have had it to get to that level. And now it's sort of applying it to a different part of your life. And I think that there is a lot of crossover in the leadership of taking uh, somebody who is looking to make improvements with their health and fitness and overall wellness, as well as developing uh, employees in your business and team members. Yeah. And with your business then, so early on with getting those clients, you mentioned the team members, with, with getting clients early on, you had already one person within a few months to come on board as a contractor. Then how did you grow the team over time? Like when did you decide to, to take on more people or more contractors? I realized that, uh, in, you know, as a single, as a solo practitioner, as a, as if it's only you and you're good, you're going to fill yourself up very quickly. And then you're going to have an overflow of clients and you're going to, you know, have to make that decision. Like, are you going to be able to help these people that are contacting you? You know, waiting lists are very difficult in this industry, uh, especially because of the way that people come about change is they want to take, you know, if they don't take action, then a lot of times they'll lose that motivation. We know motivation is, is a fleeting emotion. You know, and, and I, and I didn't like to just turn people away. And then also I, as a business person, when you turn clients away, a lot of times you drive them to a competitor. And if there isn't a competitor, then you create a opportunity for competitors to pop up in your space. Yeah. So I had always had very, a very high bar for who I brought into my organization. For one thing, I'm sending people to homes. So I'm responsible for anything that happens there. So I need to make sure that it's <laughs> right. somebody, one of the easy ways that I was able to like uh, evaluate was, would I hire that person and pay them $80 or $85 per hour to go to my house if I wasn't there and train my wife or go to my mother's house and train my mother? And if I wouldn't do that, then I just would never bring them on. You know, and I look for people that, uh, for one, I really, uh, you know, education is a big thing for me. Um, So I look for people that had a a minimum of a bachelor's degree in a related subject area, exercise science, physical education, you know. And then I wanted also trainers that had experience, like had at least a couple hundred sessions under their belt and worked with a variety of different clients. And then people that I actually liked and wanted to spend time with and that were hungry to learn and hungry to grow and really were not just in it for, for the money, but they wanted to help people. And that's what their motivation was. And with that, going through that vetting process, what were some other things in terms of the interviews you had with them, calls with them, questions you would ask? I'm just curious about your process for for hiring because that can be such a a difficult thing for any business owner to bring on people. So I'm curious as to what you kind of did for that. Well, it mostly starts with a phone call and then an in-person meeting, right? And then I would also have that trainer train me like I was the client. Uh, I would do uh, run background checks, um, check references of clients that they've trained, former employers. And then one of the ultimate tests was that I would bring them along with me to a trusted client, like somebody that I've worked with for a long time and really valued their opinion. And I would have that trainer train that client with me there. And then after it, I'd have a discussion with the client and I'd say, what do you think? Do you think I should hire this person? Would you, would, what if I turn this, uh, what if I had them start with you today? Would, is that something you would be comfortable with? 
And I would defer to the client because look, I mean, the customer knows. Yeah. And with that then, so obviously the customer is going to know you're taking that feedback and then you're going from there to hire people. So that's a process for bringing people on board. Then when do you know when you actually want to hire someone more? Obviously you're looking for some type of demand where it's like, okay, now is the time. But how do you decide when the time actually is to bring more people on? Well, one thing is supply and demand. You know, when you have uh, an excess of leads that you would like to fill, then you know it's time. And, uh, you know, I think that a lot of the good advice that that people give uh, business owners is to try to grow slowly because growing fast is always a way that um, businesses run into unexpected problems. So, uh, you know, try to hold off as long as possible. And when you can't anymore, then I think it's time to uh, bring someone on, but I think you should begin the process of looking and evaluating way before that happens. Yeah, so you have it right, ready to roll before knowing that your company is growing and businesses is is growing more and more, and you're going to have more people. So you're going to have to eventually bring people on. and And with the growth of your company, so I know you've done a bunch of different like local TV interviews and uh, written or have been quoted in different magazines and everything. So how did you approach that process of getting on media, and how has that been for your business? It's been phenomenal, and it's been a game changer. And I'm a big believer in content marketing. Um, you know, I think that that's one of the ways that I have run my uh, business, Justin Fit, is is through inbound marketing, and it's p- taking the wealth of knowledge and experience and being able to package it and uh, communicate that in a way that is simple and easy for people to understand and to be able to take action on. So I like to put out different kind of content in the form of videos, in the form of a blog posts, um, Facebook lives, all the, all these sort of different various mediums. And I had eventually hired and met, uh, a, a media coach. His name is Dave Azer. I'm still working with him and he was able to really help me, uh, feel comfortable in front of the camera and build on my natural talents and then eliminate some of the, uh, you know, issues that I did have. Uh, and uh, it was really a f- wonderful investment. And I'm actually going to be attending uh, a South Florida media boot camp uh, in a little while, too. I worked with a publicist. Uh, her name's Karen, Deda- Karen Dennis, uh, KDS um, Media and Public Relations. And she's been phenomenal uh, getting me on different uh, television programs as well as exposure at the national level with big like magazines that have hundred uh, percent name recognition like USA Today and InStyle and Brides and Yahoo and, and a lot of great and it's been just an honor to be able to share, you know, my knowledge with millions of people. Yeah, and that's it's obviously incredible to get that type of exposure and really helps the brand, I imagine. How did you go about vetting or signing up with the with the but publicists, like PR people, because there's different firms, obviously, how'd you decide who to go with? You know, when you want to, when you need a service professional, there's a few ways to do it. One way is to Google it, which I don't necessarily recommend because, you know, (laughs) I know as an SEO expert also, that doesn't mean that they're the best just because they're the first on Google. You want to tap into your network of trusted people that have already accomplished what you're trying to accomplish and get recommendations from them. 
So I talked to a really good friend of mine who's a, a phenomenal registered dietitian, extremely popular. Her name's uh, Susie Fisher. And she was doing a lot of local TV. And I asked her like, hey, how did you do this? And she said, I just have the best publicist and I'll introduce you. And she connected me over email and I was a client in, within a few days. That's yeah. awesome. And I, I'm not very familiar with that world exactly. And I am curious about doing that eventually um, as things kind of grow more and more. And so with that though, how does that work with, with having a, a PR person or a publicist? Is it like a monthly thing? You decide how many appearances you want or is just get me as many as you can. Like, How does that work from that type of perspective? And you should, Justin. I think you would be excellent for that. And I would love to see you do that. And, it, you know, it depends on the agency. It depends on the publicists. Some of them work on monthly retainers. Some of them work uh, on results. Like, you know, some of them are like how mu a certain flat rate to pitch you. And then if you do land it, an additional, uh, you know, fee for that. So there's no really one set term. It just depends on the publicist that you work with. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I'm, it's something I'm, like I said, I have, I have thought about it. I can see on my, uh, on my whiteboard right now, actually, is one of the things I, in the future, would like to do. Cause I think that's, I think that's important for establishing your brand, but also just to get your message out to other people. Cause everyone has, you know, unique things they, they can say and they can kind of spread to people and help people out with. And I think if you don't, you're kind of doing a disservice. If you, obviously, if you have some good things to say, if you have some helpful things. Absolutely. So I will, I definitely Absolutely. will explore And then, that Justin, at, at one, some one point. more point is that, uh, the backlinks are gold, SEO yes. gold, like yep. in style, which is a wonder. I mean, a hundred percent name recognition. They they're doing like something like six million sessions on their site, and when they quoted me, they linked back to JustinFit.com, and none of my competitors That's have great. links like that. So uh, you know, the, it, and you can't buy that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's incredibly valuable for the SEO purposes, and you look at some of the top companies like that are doing really good in SEO, they are getting those types of links as well. And so they do a lot of media and they get those types of links, which then help them rank higher. And of course, give them even more opportunities as people are searching for whatever services they provide or products that they have, which then only kind of has the, uh, the, the marketing circle uh, that just gives them more and more opportunities. And as you've kind of grown your company and done different things and tried different things out, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to face? Well, one of the biggest challenges is has been scaling because I'm very particular about who I bring on. Like I mentioned earlier, how uh, you know I wouldn't hire somebody that I wouldn't hire to train my own family. And um, so that's been one of the challenges is recruiting uh, talent. You know, the marketing side has never really been the difficult side for me. That's been my one of my biggest strengths. So as you've grown the company, there's obviously you eventually went to a different direction. You still have Justin Fit, but you also are at Moral Capital now and you went to get a master's degree. How did that happen? How did you decide to then go back to school to get a master's degree? Marketing has always fascinated me. Marketing, branding, consumer behavior, that's one of the sides of business that really resonates with me. And, you know, like one of the things is I think that some of the most talented people end up working for somebody else in the sense, like some of the best barbers in the world end up uh, working at a barber shop and then not making enough money and having to leave the profession. Uh, some of the best trainers in the world, the same thing happens to them, is their inability to, to 
acquire their own clients because they don't market themselves effectively, you know, they have to end up working somewhere where they're not paid enough. And then they have to end up leaving the profession because of that. I was also so fascinated that so many people and honored that so many people would choose Justin Fit. And these are people that a lot of times already had gym members that memberships that uh, where the gym had trainers and great trainers. But <laughs> the way that I was able to position my brand, they would still come to me. So I wanted to double down on my strengths. And I decided that I wanted to learn more about marketing. And there was a great program at Florida International University, which was where I got my bachelor's degree from. And it was a specialized master's degree on digital marketing, analytics, and brand development. So I enrolled and uh, it was one of the best decisions I've made in my entire career. I'm so big on professional development and personal development. And I was able to learn so much. And then while I was there, a member of my cohort, we had uh, like a kind of an instant rapport. We had a lot of commonalities. We lived in the same area. We had, we're both married with kids at the same, around the same age. We're both very into the fitness side. We were both even doing like intermittent fasting. So when we were in class, like <laughs> we were, we were like the only people not eating until like 11 o'clock and like, what are they doing? <laughs> and, um, and, yeah. and we would study together. And he was really impressed with me and my work ethic and the way that I was doing things. And, and, and eventually, you know, it just worked out where he had asked me to come and work at his company. And it was a really great opportunity. And I was really excited for this new challenge. So I accepted. And now I am the vice president of Moral Capital. We do supply chain logistics. We do e-commerce, we do manufacturing, and we also own a fulfillment center in Pembroke Pines, Florida. And he is an entrepreneur, purebred entrepreneur, and he admired the business that I built. And it was very adamant that I would keep it and continue running it. So now I have just, it's like I'm living the dream now that I get to do both. Yeah, that is awesome to be able to transition into that. And that's one of those things where you put yourself in a position to be around other people who are doing cool things and opportunities pop up, right? I mean, you you created that essentially. And through your hard work and the history you already had, you had that resume of sorts that would be appealing to another entrepreneur to bring you on on board. And and with moral capital then, so like as the VP, like what are some of your roles and responsibilities to the company right now? So I oversee uh a supply chain. We own over 21 brands uh, and we're very into uh, e-commerce, specifically men's apparel. So I'm overseeing the supply chain of the manufacturing, the logistics, and then we sell our apparel on uh, over 12 websites, e-commerce websites, marketplaces, including Amazon, Walmart.com and eBay. And we also have wholesale clients. So I'm overseeing the sales and the marketing side. And then we also own a fulfillment center where we ship directly to customers. We've invested over uh, a million dollars in uh, technology in order to automate our processes. And uh, it's just been such an exciting learning experience, just like getting into this industry and being able to excel here. Yeah, that's awesome. An opportunity. And 
with that then, so tra- changing from Justin Fit to the Moral Capital, is this, I'm assuming, more of a more of a desk job? You're not really walking around with trading clients. Like, How has that transition like been for you? Well, it's, it's still very entrepreneurial because I'm the P&L owner, so the decisions that I make directly impact the company. And uh, my CEO is uh, an amazing guy, and he really trusts me to make the right calls. So... I get to still be involved in a lot of different aspects of business like I enjoy doing. And I actually don't really sit at a desk. I'm like more like somebody who likes to pace. And I also, Justin, I also (laughs) had taken all of my personal training equipment and built a gym in our warehouse. So now I have my own personal gym there. So I get to stay active. And we actually went on a tour of Amazon's facility, MIA1 down in Opalaca, Florida. And I was so impressed that they had a fitness facility on premises there. And their employees actually after lunch were doing exercises in order to like stay active and prevent injuries and accidents. So I've kind of implemented that same thing there. So it's, it's kind of cool, like taking what I've learned with also corporate wellness and integrating them together, like with healthy snacks, uh, exercise sessions and all kinds of like corporate wellness initiatives that I brought to more capital. Yeah. And bringing that background that you have then to help them out in different ways as well is, is amazing. And, and kind of, as you've gone through your career here, you know, there's so many things I'm sure you've learned from having that hands-on experience, building companies, building your own company first, and then helping with moral capital. What have been the best resources for you, whether it be certain books or podcasts or conferences? I'm really curious in what kind of things have been helpful for you to learn and grow as an entrepreneur. Really all of that. I love attending live conferences. I, I don't think there, there's anything like connecting in person. And I, I, you know, I've been to a lot of the fitness conferences from uh, one of my, my one of my favorites is the American Council on Exercise, their East Coast sim- Symposium. I love that, and also mentors. I've always had mentors throughout my career, and uh, I think that you know, th- just like they say, like you're an average of the five people you surround yourself with. Uh, getting around uh, people that have been able to have a positive impact on me. Uh, also my wife, I think has been one of the most influential people with me, uh, that I've ever met. You know, she's such a positive person. Everybody loves her. She's such a hard worker. She's a kindergarten teacher and also has her own small business. Also YouTube. I'm, I love YouTube. I, you know, I've been watching so many thousands of hours of video and I actually learned from, uh, my CEO now that like you could speed it up and watch them like two times faster. (laughs) <laughs> and I love that. Yep. So I'm doing that. Uh, I li- you know, I listen to podcasts, uh, like to read books. Actually, you sent me some really great books and Tim Ferriss books and, and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. books. So, uh, you know, just I, I think that all of this and, it, and like kind of in totality investing in myself. I, I have 20 active certifications now from different industries, including Google, HubSpot. Uh, Salesforce. Um, I mentioned four from Ace, and then I'm also uh, a Lean Six Sigma yellow belt and green belt. So I'm always doing something. And even just after graduation, uh, I immediately uh, started learning Spanish. So now uh, I have a private tutor who comes to my office uh, once or twice a week, and I'm really immersed in, in Spanish. Everybody actually at my company speaks is bilingual. 
So um, that's a big goal of mine and of learning every day and practicing every day. That's awesome. I, I do think that learning a language is, there's a lot of benefit to it. Um, obviously in that situation, you get to use it right away, but even using it for something, if you're going to go travel or just understand other people and it gives you a perspective of people around the world and other people, it's like, it's not just an English speaking world in any way whatsoever. There's so many different languages and that's how we communicate. And so I've actually been, um, learning French over the last couple of months with Duolingo and kind of just slowly getting through wow, that, which has been a lot of, which has been a lot of fun. Um, cause I do want to go to Paris. I want to go uh, all over around Europe actually uh, relatively soon. And so that's something I'm kind of been prepping with. Haven't really told many people that yet, but yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So something I'm definitely working towards. And, um, as you have grown these uh, now Justin Fit and now Moral Capital as well, what for you is the most helpful to kind of step away and recharge? Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in rest, relaxation, and recovery. And, you know, I think that uh, that means different things to different people. You know, my form of like, say, meditation isn't trying to sit in a quiet room and clear my head. I'd like to spend time in nature um, exercising is something that, uh, is, is therapy to me. Um, I'm a big believer in all of the integrated flexibility, like the foam rolling and, um, you know, different stretching and movement that really resonates with me. Uh, my family, you know, I have two amazing kids, uh, Ethan, who is seven and Aaron, who is four, and, uh, they keep me young and spending time with them. And then I also have a golden doodle puppy named Ollie. So, uh, just being, oh, yeah, adorable. Just, just being <laughs> around him, uh, you know, it's hard to ever like be in a bad mood or be stressed. So you know, just <laughs> all of those different things has really helped me stay balanced and, um, and relax. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, I heard this from someone, maybe you can help me uh, who it was, but like, I only have good and great days. You know, you might have like a bad hour, Right or a tough hour, but like very mm. rarely will yeah. will like something happen that will uh, take my perspective away for uh, the entire day that makes it a bad day. Yeah, no, I love that. That it's such a good perspective to have, and and I think, I think inherently, it seems like from talking to most entrepreneurs I've talked to, I guess they're optimistic, they're positive. You have to be because it is so hard to build things, and um, there can be tough times. But overall. Uh, they're all optimistic. And I feel like that's such a powerful perspective to have of, yeah, there's not really necessarily bad days. There's bad moments mm -hmm. or bad times, mm -hmm. and then you'll get through that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's all temporary. And then also the commonality of all entrepreneurs is that after every failure or after every like worst day that like births your next biggest thing. And, th and it just seems like that's the case with everybody. So anytime you think that things like, go, this is terrible, or this couldn't have gone worse. That's probably a good thing because you're going to be able to now learn and grow from that and go f way further than you ever thought possible. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and kind of just looking back on your career so far and, you know, the things you've the different things you've done with building Justin Fit and Moral Capital more recently, you know, what advice would you have for an aspiring entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur, someone kind of just gets get, just getting started, like what advice would you have for them? A, a few things is is definitely focus. Uh, avoid being uh, falling into the trap of uh, distract distractions disguised as opportunities. 
the more successful you become, the more of those will present themselves. Um, don't, and, and then also I love the, the one that's like busyness is actually a form of laziness. And a lot of people will stay busy in order to like, uh, as kind of like a procrastination or delay tactic, but you have to be relentlessly, uh, you know, focused on outcome and what you're accomplishing. Because a lot of times it's easy just to be busy all the time, especially as an entrepreneur, when you don't really have anyone to answer to, like you're the boss. So you have to constantly be asking yourself, like, is this the most productive thing I could be doing right now with my time? And then the Pareto principle, which is something that's just true. And I love principles because principles are things that will always be true. They've always been true. They're not just like trends, but 80% of or 20% of your efforts will produce 80% of your results. And just ask yourself like what works? What doesn't work? And what are you doing? And then simply just stop doing what doesn't work and keep doing what works. <laughs> you know, how many times like uh, do people fall into that trap? Yeah, I think it's a imp- it's a matter of being reminded of it though. That's what it seems like and just as I've kind of gone through it, it's being reminded of that over and over. So you could do the 80-20 principle, like apply that once, but it doesn't really help if you do it one day and then the next day you don't. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Like you have to keep going and keep being reminded of almost a, a nearly everyday focus of, is this the right thing I should be doing? And it might change, which is fine. It probably will change, especially as your business grows. I love the 80-20 rule. I love the, the Pareto principle, but it is like, it has to be a constant thing of over and over again. I, I personally found that when I've, I've, gotten sidetracked at times from that. And you have to kind of reel it back in to be like, oh, wait, what should I really be doing, you know, right now versus uh, other things, like you said, being busy, that is a form of of laziness in some capacity with that. It's like, what are the big things you should be doing? And then everything else you almost, you just have to cut out because it's not as important. Yeah. And and I'm also a a big believer. And I I always, I have a video about this on, on Facebook that was like my biggest video at over 50,000 views. It was amazing is, is, is all about discipline over motivation. You know, that, uh, you know, you're not always going to be motivated to do something, but the people that are disciplined get it done regardless if they feel like doing it in the moment. And a lot of people will wait around to be motivated, but motivating motivation is just a fleeting emotion. Like you might be motivated right now listening to me and the time the podcast is over, like you can, you forget what we were even talking about. But when you can ingrain discipline into you, you can have a structure and a framework to move forward and act effectively in the world and in business. Yeah, I love that. That's it's so important to have as a day-to-day practice because like you said motivation does not last it never it never lasts there's there's, we have to go way beyond that and and justin where can people go to learn more about what you're doing and everything you're up to i love for people to connect with me on linkedin uh i think that linkedin has come a long way from uh, a lot of like spammy messages now to just great way to network Uh, so please connect with me on linkedin Um, i'm also on instagram and facebook uh, both, uh, at Justin Seedman and, uh, and then if you want to connect with me regarding Justin fit, that's also, uh, Justin fit LLC. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link that all up in the show notes at just slash podcast. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today, man. Oh, thank you. I love this. This was great. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you, uh, you know, after the show and talking a little bit more about, uh, 
getting you into like national media for television <laughs> and for print because I think that you would really crush it there. Yeah, and I think as well with uh, in regards to that, like I always try to share things I learn on justgrowgrind.com as blog posts. Eventually, <laughs> I like to do things and then share them because I think it helps way more people. So I'll be sure to share any insights as well. But thanks again for coming on. Justin. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.